Welcome to this week's episode of Crossroads. I'm your host, Rob, and this is Ryan. Hello. This week, we will be talking about Onward, the new Disney Pixar film, and the 1980s movie Labyrinth, starred David Bowie and Jennifer Connelly. We'll, we'll take it away with Onward on this, this little journey. Onward stars Chris Pratt, Tom Holland, Octavia Spencer, and Julia Louise Dreyfus. Yeah, it's a, it's a sort of modern fantasy, traditional medieval fantasy, if that had moved up to modern times, so that there are still goblins and wizards and orcs and fairies and... But if they all had yeah. smartphones and yeah. modern technology, and schools and... It feels very 80s, aside from the, basically, smartphones, pretty much. Yeah. It's... It's a fun little adventure, like a fun road trip story, pretty much. Uh, the overall plot to Onward is two brothers. One's about 18 or 19. The other just turned 16. And on his birthday, their late father uh, leaves them a gift that they are to open when they're both of age. And it contains a staff with a crystal that brings him back for one day, 24 hours, so he can see the persons that his children grew up to be. And halfway through the spell, something goes awry, and it's only his legs. So the two brothers set off on a quest to bring their dad back for as long as they can. It's a pretty sweet little film. It's you know, it, it's not not the best of Pixar, not the worst of Pixar. It's somewhere in the middle. And I don't want to get into spoilers too early, but it I think the best thing about it is it absolutely sticks the landing. I. I thought this movie, it followed all the typical like plot points for a coming-of-age adventure road trip movie. And I'm a sucker for those kinds of movies, and I enjoyed this from the minute it started. From the the medieval world to the plot to to the characters, I just loved everything about it. I liked the, the brothers, the relationship with the brothers, uh, Ian and Barley, I believe, are their names. Yes, I think that's right. Yeah, and Barley is basically jack black from the 90s is <laughs> he reminds me a lot of uh the character from brutal legend he reminds me a lot of he even jack- kind of looks like that character he, does. he wears the same jean jacket with the patches yeah he drives the same beater van <laughs> he looks a little bit like uh, jack black's character from uh is it garden not garden state orange orange county. orange county there you go he looks a lot like that character as well. He's a little nicer. He's not as self-centered. Well, it's a kid's movie. Yeah. But He's, I thought yeah. their relationship was really well uh, yeah. written. It felt organic. It felt real. Mm. Like, the older brother is always, like, picking on the younger one, but in a good way to try and toughen him up a little yeah. bit, try and teach him things. And the younger brother's is kind of a loner, doesn't have many friends. And he tries to make those friends, but the older brother comes in and kind of ruins it but he means well he doesn't really know what what to do and what i liked about that is before you see the friends he's trying to make he talks with his mother about them and you think they're going to be like going out to the football team or whatever and it's just a bunch of science nerds who already like him like they already want to be his friend and he's just a little too shy to do it and i think he already had the ability to be the friend he just needed to learn a little bit more about it that's kind of the point of the movie he makes a list of how to be a better person and and as the movie goes on he keeps checking off this list and one of them is to it's like be comfortable with yourself or talk talk to more people and that's kind of the point of the journey for barley not barley ian, ian the younger brother that's kind of the point of the journey for ian to figure out who he is and 
how he can be the person he wants to be. Yeah. One thing I really liked is Bartley, who is like a and d nerd. There's a version of D&D, which is based on the history of the world they live in, where it's all accurate to to what magic used to be like and the spells are real and all this stuff. And he keeps saying throughout the movie, it's based on real events. And eventually it turns out that it is, but he's so into this thing, but doesn't have the magical ability. And his younger brother, Ian does. And not, not once is he mean about it. He's never jealous. He's never spiteful. He is so encouraging. His little brother who's just like the whole time he, he wants his brother to do magic. He thinks it's the coolest thing just to be in the presence of the magic. And he's training his little brother with stuff that he he can't do, but he knows how to. And it's really wholesome and really endearing. And it made me like Barley a lot more than that character tends to be in other things. A lot of times he comes across like a dick, but here he's just wholesome and and kind. And he's been a really good role model for his brother in his own way. I think that's one of the ways the film really works. I agree wholeheartedly on everything you just said i absolutely love their relationship in this movie best part of the film the whole time he's like ian you have to say it from your heart and just like ian's like barley i'm trying i'm doing it and they're just bickering the whole time but it's it's not fighting it's brotherly bickering yeah and to have the dad there sort of doing the best he can to kind of mediate even though he can't really hear them and can't really see them he just touches them with his yeah. feet and kind of gets them back on track there's a great moment uh towards the end when they've just had a fight and the dad can feel the vibrations of this very cheesy 80s music that's coming on that reminds me of i can't think of the name of the song but it might be like dire straits or something but it was not it was just like a piece that they had written but it was the dad starts coming out and dancing so barley starts dancing and then Ian gets into it and it's just it's really nice it could be super cheesy but I thought it was really really nice the way that scene's animated is is flawless because they both start dancing extremely awkwardly you can see it on their faces and in their movements and the longer the scene goes on the more relaxed they get and just the animation in that scene is Mm. so thought out to the detail that's one of the things Pixar excels at they're always pushing the envelope as much as they can to make things as almost photorealistic even though it's very cartoonish in this film especially because you have elves and cyclops and dwarves and there's a centaur and a bunch of other things manticore manticore oh man the manticore is one of my favorite characters (laughs) i really liked her in the scene they introduced her as yes um the manticore is played by octavia spencer so if you can kind of put a voice to yeah it kind of looks a little bit like her a little bit but she she starts off as essentially the a waitress but i think she owns the restaurant yeah. and she it's just like it's a, she, like she, she's a cheese almost yeah it's it's a very cheesy theme restaurant like a medieval themed restaurant in this this fantasy world and as you learn more about this character she she tells you more about her past and she realizes she's like what happened to me yeah i'm old like she kind of has her midlife crisis in that scene yeah. and and then her she she sets off on her own adventure. Yeah. And it's it's fun to see that. I personally thought that was my least favorite part of the film. I I don't want to get into spoilers, but her and the mom, I feel like their story is only there to set up the ending. Yes. It's there to relay information that the brothers wouldn't necessarily know about what what's going to come on with their quest that they're on. 
because it wouldn't have been in the game for whatever reason. I don't I don't know why they couldn't just have that there, but the chemistry between the two is a lot of fun. Them having the sword is pretty cool. The scene with them getting the sword is like the worst bit of padding in the whole movie. It just does not need to be there. It's like they needed an extra five minutes of screen time. Yeah, but you could have put that into the beginning and had a bit more time or have more time with uh, with mom's boyfriend who I think if there's a little bit more time with him, maybe he wouldn't have felt so weird. I liked him as kind of comedic relief. Yeah. And He's... kind of like tension dispersing. Yes. But like... The, the sword, I think it would have been a lot better if the two brothers found it in their journey. Like a typical quest. Yeah. Or if you gave that to Barley and Barley had something to do as opposed to just sort of be there. Yeah, it would have been sick if Barley was kind of like the warrior and yeah. Ian was the the mage. Yeah, that would, that would have been pretty cool. That would have been a great dynamic. And it would have been more in, in line with D&D and other fantasy stories. Yeah. It's nice to have the mother doing something, though, because a lot of times in that the movie she would just be left at home and then come back and go, whoa, whoa, what happened? I like that they tried something, but I I don't want to see a, a spinoff of the mom in the Manticore. No. I'd seen another movie in this world, but I wouldn't want any of these characters to be the main characters of that story. They could, be, they could appear in it, maybe, but I wouldn't want to see any more of their adventure. I think their story is told. My, my favorite Pixar movie is Coco by by a long shot like i i love coco a lot so this does not hit that same mark for me but it, it was very sweet and absolutely sticks the landing i think the ending is the best part of the film i agree with that that whole third act is it's tear jerking mm. it's so well written it's extremely fast paced it mm. and it keeps you on your toes yes it it, it makes you think one thing's gonna happen but it doesn't it's all based around character too so it it feels real. It, the characters make choices in line with what they do. It's not just senseless action like so many kids' movies can be, just really dumb. It's it's very well done. Um, so we, we talked about if it's sequel-worthy or not. Yeah, I would see a spinoff more yeah. than I'd want to see a sequel. I honestly would kind of hope it just stays as a one-off. Like, as much as I enjoyed it, I don't need another one. No. And I, th- I yeah, I'd rather... Then leave it alone because I think it stands on its own real well. I would have, maybe another scene or two with the brothers would be pretty cool, but maybe not a full film would be necessary. Maybe like a five minute short. Yeah. Like like a Disney Plus like short. I'm sorry, you said short and I just thought of that weird Simpsons short in the beginning. I kind of like that. It was, it was cute. It was weird. It seemed very out of place. I think Disney's just kind of bragging like, look what we own now. Yeah. But I'm a huge Simpsons fan, so I, I liked yeah. it. I would have liked it more if there was dialogue. Yeah, having Homer not say anything in his appearance is really out of character for him. Even Marge. Yeah, Marge can get away with it more than Homer can. Homer, just any thought he has just immediately comes out of his mouth. He's, for better or worse, he's not the brightest. <laughs> yeah, like when they announced the Simpsons shore was going to be before it, mm. I, I just kind of thought to myself, like, well, now I gotta go see it. <laughs> <laughs> I would recommend it to, especially if you have little kids. It's a good movie for, for kids. It's good for teenagers, probably. I really liked it, so adults will probably get something out of it, especially if you were into D&D or like fantasy. If I feel like this movie's geared towards all ages, and especially if you're into D&D. Yeah. 
Like there's D and D jokes. There's D and D props set up in the house. Like there's so, a bunch. Of, yeah, a bunch of really cool little little uh, Easter, Easter eggs and stuff. There's a there's a can of a uh, Mountain Doom soda, which I thought was fantastic. Mm-hmm. There's other ones I didn't catch. I'm sure, but I'm sure each background is littered with Easter eggs. But let's move on to Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Directed by Jim Henson. Jim Henson, produced by George Lucas, written by Terry Jones of Monty Python, starring and with songs by David Bowie. And I think that's the problem that I have with this movie. is that too many superstars. Too many cooks and too many strong personalities in the, in the production. Mm-hmm. And every single one of those people has their own specific style. Yeah, and they're all like, you know, going to push up against everyone else. Even Terry Jones is probably the least well-known of that group. If you know Monty Python background at all, he had a lot of creative control of what was going on. He was used to being the, like the control freak. So I think that's part of the problem (laughs) where the movie just kind of doesn't know what it wants to be. I know a lot of people love this movie. I'm sorry. I'm not one of them. (laughs) Before we get into it, let's give a brief synopsis. Oh yeah. Uh, So there is a girl um, Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly. Did you play Sarah? I can't even think of the character's name, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, she, um, she's asked to babysit her or her half brother. Her I, I, half brother or step brother. Yeah, I get the feeling that her father remarried. It doesn't. It it's ever never specifically split. said. Yeah. It's just it starts with her like crying about the baby. Yes. She doesn't like the baby. She wants to be out. She wants to be away. She wants to go live her own life. She's like 14 or 15. I think they say she's 16. Okay. She's yeah, very mature. Yes. 16. Jennifer Connelly grows up to be a fantastic actress. She's won an Oscar. She's great. She is not good in this movie. But we'll get, we'll get to that. Um, I can't really blame her. She's acting against puppets a lot of the time. That's tough. That's really tough. So she wishes... Basically half joking wishes away her little brother to the goblin king who then appears and takes her little brother away so she goes into the labyrinth to try to reclaim him she has 13 hours to do it or else he becomes a goblin it's a very simple little setup i think this was made in 86 that sounds about right yeah so it's it's mostly all practical effects there's a few like the the owl in the beginning is really computer animation it might be trait like hand traced i don't know that looks for the time pretty for good. the time it looks great yeah um it's everything else is practical puppetry a lot of a lot of camera effects like in yeah. camera effects there's one specific one that keeps sticking out in my mind when she she has to go through a wall yeah. And she like puts her hands up on the wall and then steps forward. That's very clearly a three-parted wall that's yeah. angled, so it looks like one wall, and she just walks through it. Yeah. I thought that was extremely clever. I love forced perspective stuff like that. It's really impressive to me. Mm-hmm. That that is that's one of the things I like about this movie is that that is very it's very well shot. There's a bunch of little cool you know little world building things. There's you know rocks that come through, and then sometimes it doesn't work as well. Like the we've talked about the. Uh, the weird birds that can take their body parts off and stuff that looks so that, blue screened and <laughs> it, it looks bad and the song they sing is unbearable yes it's 
David Bowie wrote the songs for this. Some of the songs are pretty good. Magic Dance is well known for a reason. It's a fun song. It doesn't need to be there. It th doesn't seem to move the plot forward at all, but it's a fun song. And you get to show off the weird little goblin Muppets. And he throws the fake baby really high in the air. And even though I know it's not a real baby in that one shot, it still scares me. It's Ironically, like with Bowie writing all the original songs, I kind of felt like that was the worst part of the movie. Like I like Bowie. He's he's a great musician, but I I like you said earlier, his vision I don't think matched with Jim Henson's or Lucas's. No. Cuz they kind of wanted this dark fantasy world and his songs are so upbeat like almost dance numbers. Yeah, it's 80s Bowie. It's very very dance heavy, a lot of synth, a lot of uh a lot of personality. I mean David Bowie has so much personality that like even if he's trying to pull it down, he really can't. And I don't think he's necessarily bad in the movie. I just don't think he's cast well. I think he does well as the Goblin King. It's just yeah. when he's forced to sing, mm -hmm. I think I think this movie would have been better as a straight fantasy and not a musical. Yes. It, it has... I mean, uh, Neil Gaiman wasn't really writing at that point. I think he might have been working as a journalist at this point. So he was not, you know, a fiction writer. But it feels very Neil Gaiman-ish to it me. It does. And I think it's the thing that he really enjoys. Uh, I know that he and his wife had made a, like a fake recreation of it, which is pretty, pretty fun for them. But it's, uh, it's not, this is not a movie that I enjoy very much. And I hadn't seen it since college. So I watched it again this, this weekend and it's fine. It's, it's technically very impressive. There's full body Muppets that work really well. There's a bunch of really cool practical effects I just don't really get it. This was my first time watching it, and I was expecting this like grand, epic, like family film because mm -hmm. everyone I know who's seen it loves this movie. Can't speak yeah. highly enough about it, and I really liked the first half. And then once those birds show up, I just checked out. Yeah, it's it is. Uh, it, it's got some great stuff in it. I, I, people who love it, good for you. I'm, I'm really happy that you enjoy it. And it, I hope I'm not going to knock people for liking it. Oh, of like, course not. No. If you enjoy it, there must be something that I just don't see. And it doesn't say anything bad about you or about the movie. I think it's one of those movies where if you didn't watch it when you're like five or six, you're not going to appreciate it as much. Probably not. I know people who didn't see it till college who love it. Oh. But, you know, I think it's because people love Bowie. One thing I really do like, and actually Onward has kind of a similar thing where there's he throws that orb and all of a sudden this weird like cleaning machine comes through and, and onward it's the gelatinous cube but it just it makes them kind of run and it's it just it's a nice little bit of world building i think that's one of the things that the film does pretty well is the world building since it's written by terry jones mm. is it supposed to be a comedy or more of a, an adventure i think more of an adventure because he had gotten largely gotten out of comedy after money python ended uh all of the pythons were incredibly overeducated, and he was actually a medievalist so after after Monty Python, he had made a couple other films and then kind of just went into academia after this and he didn't get back into filmmaking until right before he died, unfortunately. I think he didn't make a film for like almost 30 years, which is weird. But uh, I think it was supposed to be a bit medieval because he was a medievalist and then trying to make it a bit more family-friendly than some of the other stuff. Like a family-friendly medieval adventure. Yes. It's... It is. I mean, I didn't see it till I was probably. I only had seen it until I was in college, actually. So I think 
I think if you see it when you're younger, you'd appreciate it more because it definitely runs on dream logic where it's more about the feelings and the thoughts and, and, and that and the plot doesn't really make that much sense. It doesn't need to. So maybe that's what people really like about it is that it just feels like a fun adventure. But it's it's not my thing. Yeah, I, I hate to say it, but I I think it's pretty pretty average. Especially for that time period. There's so many good eighties like eighties family friendly movies yeah. and eighties family films and like this uh, this got swept under the rug for me growing up and you know, I probably won't ever watch it again. Yeah. It it actually bombed when it came out, which I think is kind of a, a shame because I wish it did well. Yeah, because I think other things like this would have been really cool. The only other thing like this is kind of Dark Crystal. And which, that's Jim yeah, Henson. Yeah, which also didn't really do particularly well. Was that before or after this? I don't know. I don't either. I, I don't wish, know much about Jim Henson other than yeah, The Muppets. The Muppets, which I love The Muppets. I have no problem with you if you don't. It's not for everyone, <laughs> I but I the think The Muppets are great. Uh, yeah, I think that if this had done well, there could have been more like it. I love The Puppets in this setting. Like you said, more medieval puppetry would be so nice to see, and especially this day and age. Like yeah. everything's CGI now, and I hate it. Like if we could get a new Jim Henson, yeah, just come in, make these sick puppets, and make a full feature centered around puppets. Yeah. Well, there was the Muppet movie from like ten years ago, which is great. Yeah, but and then they made a, a second one that which was is good, average. Yeah. It was not anywhere near as good as the first one, and that's the problem. I think if it had it's been, not consistent, no. But and then there was that Muppet. Uh, Melissa McCarthy movie. Oh god! But... <laughs> I really, really wanted that to be good. I was championing that. I was saying, oh, "It's going to be awesome." They announced it like three years before it came out, and it was supposed to be this dark, edgy crime drama, and it turned into a Melissa McCarthy comedy. Yeah. How the hell does that happen? It could have been. So I think if you got someone who was not an improviser, maybe it would have been a little better. But I remember hearing about it, and I was hyped that whole time, and then the trailer dropped, and I watched it. And I was in disbelief. Mm -hmm. Like, I waited three years for this. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen a darker... Like, the original concept of that would have been so cool. And I I still love Muppet Treasure Island and Muppet Christmas Carol. And the original Muppet films are great. They hold up extremely well. Yeah, I I think the consensus we reached is that Labyrinth is not for us. doesn't mean it's bad. It's just it's not necessarily your cup of tea. It's not mine. If you're one of those diehard Labyrinth fans, mm. please message one of us and tell yeah. us why you like it. Maybe yeah. maybe it'll open Start a our conversation, eyes. yeah. Maybe I'm... we'll watch it again. Next week, we were thinking of doing The Hunt and The Most Dangerous Game. Yeah. I'm excited okay. to see The Hunt after it got canceled and then brought back. And but, now, yeah. now they're marketing it like this big, edgy movie. Like, oh, yeah. we cancel it, but you can't keep it dead. Yeah. I mean, the film was done when they canceled it. And if the film is The trailers done, were yeah. out. Oh, yeah. If a film is done when it's canceled, they're just going to eventually release it. They're releasing it louder than they tend to. Mm-hmm. Normally, those things get very quietly released. I'm excited to see this. I'm prepared to be massively disappointed. <laughs> so. I'm sure it'll be a fun little B-movie. Yeah. I'm, like, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah. Anyone wants to get involved, we will you know, come check out the Facebook page, and we will uh, be open for some discussions. Also, before I forget, um, if you're listening to this through one of the links that I posted on Anchor. We are now available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you can listen to podcasts. So please check us out, tell your friends, subscribe. We do new episodes every week. Uh, If there's any old movies you want us to check out or newer movies that we may not be thinking of seeing, please tell us. Shoot us a text. We're open to suggestions. Yeah. 
Uh, if you get a chance, leave us a review. That really does help pull us up the ranks on iTunes. Great. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you.